Hello friends, welcome or welcome back. You're listening to Strictly Crime with me, Alex. Hey guys, it is time for a new episode. As always, I hope you guys are having a good week. Summer is coming to an end. I've got all my some of my fall decor out. I'm just ready for the cooler weather. Not winter. I hate winter, but I love the in-between weather. It's just so nice. Like 70 with a breeze is perfect for me. But um, I'm ready for a new case this week. Unfortunately, it is a pretty tragic case. It is pretty brutal and it does involve a child. Um, If you guys listened to my last episode, I did mention that I want to do more minorities, more people of color on my podcast because they deserve to be talked about just as much as the bigger white people cases like, for instance, Gabby Petito. I don't know if you guys have heard of that case or listened about it, but a lot of you know, stuff came about when her case was kind of put on the high roller and people were really, really talking about it, really, really putting in an effort to find her when, you know, there's indigenous women that have been missing and that get no recognition. So I want to make sure I'm talking about minorities and people that don't get talked about as much. This is a bigger case, um, but it is technically still unsolved. So I do want to talk about it. And I want to make sure that Kendrick Johnson's life is talked about and who he was and what happened to him. Um, If you guys find children cases especially triggering, I probably wouldn't listen. He was 17 years old in high school at the time. So it is a pretty tragic case. But if you want to hear about what happened to him and what we can do you know, to hopefully be able to solve this one day, just keep listening. And we're going to get right into it. Now, Kendrick Johnson, he was born on October 10th, 1995, and he lived with his family in Valdosta, Georgia. He attended uh, Lowndes High School, and his family and friends described him as a sweet boy. He was pretty quiet, but not like quiet, like standoffish, like quiet, just like kept to himself, did his work just an all-around good kid. He wasn't overly rebellious or anything. He played three sports and he dreamed of playing professional football. His parents were Jackie and Kenneth Johnson and he, you know, wanted to become this professional football player and he was just, you know, going through high school He was 17 years old at the time, so, you know, high school was going to quickly come to an end and he was going to start his career. And his parents just say that he was just the light of their lives. He always joked around and was so funny and always had a smile on his face. But unfortunately, his dreams of becoming a pro football star were cut short when he was found dead in the school gymnasium. And... On, a, on January 10th, in 2013, CCTV cameras caught Kendrick going into the school gym. They had two gyms, and um, one of them was, like, an older gym that they did, like, practice in or stuff like that. And 
it was the same way at my high school. We had two gyms. One was the huge gym that they did like the basketball games in, and one was like you just like practice or warmed up or something. And he was in the smaller gym, and the cameras caught him going there at 1:30 p.m. And he was supposed to be staying late that day at school because he was going to be watching a school basketball game. He did not come home by 10 p.m. And so his mom was immediately worried. And she's like, I'm going to go out driving and see if I can find him. Maybe he's, you know, walking home or find him somewhere and rip him a new one. Because he was supposed to be home. But she drove around and she did not find him at all. And so she became even more worried. So she ended up calling police by midnight. The police kind of brushed it off in a way. They were like, you know, he's a teenager. He's going to stay out late sometimes. He's going to be home. Don't worry. If he's not home in the morning, you know, we can go look for him. But really, there's nothing we can do. I would just wait it out, is what they're saying. And you know, in her mind, she's like, this is not like Kendrick at all. He would be home. He would call me. She tried calling him. He wasn't answering. So she knew something was wrong, but, but, you know, she kind of waited until morning and then she went to the school, which was January 11th, 2013. And she went in and talked with the, um, administrator, I believe, you know, the people at the front desk kind of explained what was going on, that he should be home. Is he in school? Because she figured, you know, if he wasn't going to come home because he was afraid of getting in trouble, he was just going to go to school the next day. And she said that she was going to catch him then at school and, you know, have a talk with him. But the teachers and the people in the office said that he was marked as being absent. And so they said that they would ask around, look around for him. If they saw anything, she could put up some posters. But other than that, they didn't know what to do either. Now, she was also told that he missed his third and fourth period classes the previous day, which is when they looked at the cameras and saw that on January 10th, that was when he was in the school gym at 1.30, and he should have been in class. So that didn't really make sense. It was pretty strange, but he was there. And this comes to play later on. There is a lot of conspiracies and questions and curiosity surrounding this camera footage and if it was tampered with at all, but we're going to get that into that just a little bit. But unfortunately, by 10.30 a.m. on January 11th, 2013, that is when the body of Kendrick Johnson was discovered in the school gym of Lowndes High School in Valdosta, Georgia. He was found headfirst in the center of a vertical rolled-up wrestling mat. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with those blue mats. He was either rolled up in it or had fallen down in it. And he was headfirst, which means he was upside down. And the body was discovered by fellow students who had climbed up on the top of the cluster of mats. And these mats were six feet tall and three feet wide. They were pretty big. And um, how it was explained is that the kids at this school, apparently you had to pay for lockers. And so a lot of kids would either like stuff their stuff behind the mats or in the mats or something. And 
a lot of curiosity came about this. Like, did he maybe put something in the mat and try to go fetch it? And he wasn't able to get out. But how the mats kind of seem is that he wouldn't have been really able to get through the mats and then get out safely. Like, he probably understood that he wasn't going to get in the mat and get out. So, it's just a little unlikely that he would have done that without any help from friends or from someone that was near him. Just doesn't seem make much sense. Well, the students got really scared and they obviously got a teacher. Now, they ended up laying the mat down and quickly realized that there was a smell coming out of it and that there was a body in the mat. There were, like, from what I read, two sets of shoes and there was one shoe that was, like, in the mat and one that was outside and it had blood, like, it was sitting on top of a puddle of blood, which seems very odd because that makes it seem like the shoe was placed there after the blood was put there. You would think blood would be on the shoe, but it wasn't. It was underneath the shoe, which is pretty strange. Now, because he was upside down, I'm sure you can imagine the the horrific way his body was in. I mean, if you've ever played at a jungle gym as a kid, you know when you go upside down, blood rushes to your head and unfortunately he was stuck upside down what it looked like anyways and if he did get caught up in this mat the blood would have rushed to his head and he would have ultimately died and because all this blood was rushing to his head I'm sure it was coming out of you know some of his face holes and stuff like that it is pretty gruesome to think about but could that what the puddle of blood was from but even then why was a shoe then placed over top of it after the blood was put there just doesn't make much sense well they went and got the teacher and once they put the mat down they realized that there was a body in there and so they called police and were able to you know get people there to get his body and he was then autopsied now his arms were two different ways one of them was like up towards his face and the other was down on his side kind of but again he was upside down so they were kind of facing opposite ways which is also a little strange i don't know if maybe he was trying to reach for something or who really knows what well an autopsy was done by the georgia bureau of investigation and they stated that Kendrick Johnson had died from positional asphyxia and the case was ruled an accidental death by Lowndes County investigators. But, you know, authorities, they kind of hypothesized that Kendrick had fallen into the mat while looking for a shoe and died after being, after unable to get out of it. Three students at Lowndes High School told investigators that it was common for some students to store their shoes behind or under the rolled up mats, and Johnson was not wearing shoes when he was found. A student at the school said that he had shared a pair of Adidas shoes with Johnson, and after gym class, Johnson would always go to the mats, jump up, and toss the shoes inside the middle of the hole, is what the child said. 
almost a full day had passed until uh, Kendrick had been discovered, so he had been there for quite some time. And, you know, all this blood was rushing to his head, and it could have, you know, started to bleed from his face. Now, Lieutenant Stride Jones, who headed up the investigation for the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office, stated, quote, We never had credible information that indicated this was anything other than an accident, unquote. And Kendrick's family questioned this. They thought immediately something was not adding up, something was wrong. There was no way that Kendrick died in that way. I mean, this had to have been foul play is what they thought. They were unsatisfied with the result of the investigation, so they hired an independent autopsy to be conducted by William R. Anderson with the Forensic Dimensions in Hethrow, Florida on June 15, 2013, which is quite a few months after Kendrick was discovered, and this is when they, I believe, exhumed his body for the first time. Now, William R. Anderson claimed that his findings indicated traces of blunt force trauma to the right neck and soft tissues and suggested the death was not accidental. The initial autopsy revealed that Kendrick died due to positional asphyxia or that he suffocated as a result of being stuck upside down in this enclosed space for an extended period of time. Just after 24 hours of being found, the investigators ruled his death as an accident, which is not much of of an investigation to me. Now, at my high school, we had these mats and stuff, and I was not in sports or anything, but a child never died in one of those mats. So this is not a common thing for a child to die upside down in a wrestling mat. That is not common at all. So if I was the investigator, I would think something went wrong somewhere for this to happen. It's It just doesn't make sense that Kendrick died, but no one else has gotten stuck or anything like that. There is no indication of that. All of a sudden, he just gets stuck and dies. It just seems very uncommon and rare. And then, of course, Kendrick being a black man, that had a big play into this investigation as well. Now, the sheriff's office and the officers that had came to the school, they ultimately did a lot of things incorrectly, unfortunately. There was no evidence that was obtained from this crime scene. It was not taped off, and people were just walking willy-nilly through the gym without protection on their shoes, So they were getting who knows what on their own shoes and tracking it everywhere. But they were also hindering a crime scene that could have very damning evidence on it. Because in my case, in my opinion, I believe that Kendrick did not die in that mat. Um, That this was could have been an accident, but that it was at the hands of someone else. And if you really think about this whole thing, 
you know, like I said, these mats were six feet tall and it would not make sense for him to dive face first into this mat um, to try to obtain his shoe. Um, it would make more sense for him to knock the mat over or, you know, something else rather than literally diving in this small hole. How did he expect to get back out? That just doesn't seem plausible. I would not do that. Um, I'm claustrophobic, so, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't do that anyways. But if you think about it, would you just dive face first in a six feet long mat to get your shoe if it was at the bottom of the mat, or would you just pick up the mat or knock it over a little to then grab your shoe? Um, that doesn't seem like he would do that or that anyone would do that in that, in that way. Um, and so they went in there without treating it like a true crime scene. And they're already automatically ruling it a accident. I just don't get it. Um, you should be going into a crime scene. This is a crime scene, not an accident scene. This is a crime scene. The boy is dead, okay? And they should be going in there all you know, of their senses heightened and trying to figure out every single piece of anything they can get. Uh, and that's not what they did. They went in there pretty much contaminating a crime scene and a homicide scene at that, in my opinion, and already believing that it was an accident before they even decided to really take a look at what was going on. Now, the coroner was not called until six hours after police arrived, which makes no sense. Police are there to kind of get a look at the scene and what is going on. And then after that, Obviously, there is a dead child, so then they need to contact who takes care of the dead children, who does the autopsies, that sort of thing, which is the coroner. And so, that is also something that does not make sense to me. Immediately, they should have called the coroner when they found out that Kendrick Johnson had passed away. They ultimately moved his body several times, and who really knows what? Um, Kendrick Johnson's mother was not able to identify him at the crime scene. Now, she was very distraught and upset, but also she should be able to say, yes, that is my son. Instead, they had taken a photo of his shoe and shown it to his sister. And, I mean, that doesn't say, you can say, yes, that's my brother's shoe, but she's not identifying him. So that's very odd to me, very strange. And a lot of things are putting guilt at the high school, but not only the high school, but the officers that came to 
figure out what's going on and why there is a dead child in a wrestling mat. Um, they all should have handled it completely differently. And I just don't understand. Now, the sheriff's department pretty much said that they believed that Kendrick Johnson must have accidentally fallen into this mat reaching for his sneaker, which he had stored there so he didn't have to pay for a locker like a lot of these other kids at the school had been saying um, that they did. So he they believed that Kendrick had done the same thing. And when he went to get the sneaker, he couldn't get out. But Kendrick Johnson's parents and family felt that his death was not being taken seriously, partly because of his race or maybe because of a cover-up that was at play. They were not sure, but they knew something was wrong. And I really do believe in parent intuition. Like when you are a parent and you get that gut feeling, I believe that you should act on that. So they had this terrible feeling and they knew something was not right and they were suspicious of this investigation from the very beginning. They believed that the sheriff's department was way too quick to rule out foul play, considering that within 24 hours of finding Kendrick's body, they concluded it was an accident. And that is just ridiculous completely ridiculous. It does not take 24 hours to complete a full investigation on the death of a 17-year-old black male. And the circumstances of his death are very bizarre. So you would think that they would spend extra time investigating his death because of how bizarre the circumstances were. I have never heard of in any type of case a boy dying like this, let alone a black boy. It, it's just completely doesn't make sense. And I also believe something isn't adding up. And they quickly ruled it an accident, which it could have been. But as we read more into it, it in my opinion, I think something else was at play here. So the Johnsons were also sure that their son's body had been moved, which was cooperated by Lowndes County Coroner Bill Watson. After the opinion of the private pathologist was released, Kendrick Johnson's family stated that they believed Kendrick Johnson had been murdered. The family retained the services of an attorney who was Benjamin Crump, and on October 31st, 2013, U.S. Attorney Michael J. Moore announced that his office would open a formal review into Kendrick's death as well. Um, now, Crump's application to practice law in Georgia representing the um, Johnsons was not ruled on, and he withdrew from representing the family and is no longer participating in this case, which is a little strange, but now, Kendrick Johnson was a black man, and the Lowndes County Sheriff, Chris 
um, Prince, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, him and all the investigators that worked on this case were white. And it was made apparent that this town that he lived in and the area surrounding was quite racist. Now, not everyone is going to be racist in this town. I actually live in a pretty racist town. Um, last year, there was a All White Lives Matter rally, um, and they had some terrible messages, some very racist things on their flags and their posters that they had up. Um, so I can totally picture this, a very small town having racism, you know, and not being fully diverse. I can totally picture it because I also experience it here. I can see it happening. You know, living in Ohio, it's definitely a more country vibe. And I totally understand where people are kind of bringing up his race because that definitely could have had something to do with it. And it definitely could have had something to do with how this investigation played out. All of them were white. And in 2013, racism in Valdosta was very much alive. The family's attorney, um, Chevin King, expressed that if Kendrick had been white, this case would have been handled differently. And I 1000% agree. It's just, it is disgusting, but, you know, like with Gabby Petito's case, like I brought up earlier, with her case, it's just an example. I don't believe, obviously, she didn't deserve to die. She didn't deserve any of what she got. And of course, she deserves to be found and her killer deserved to be apprehended. But it was the fact that in her case, it moved so quickly and people were so firm on finding her, finding the person who did this to her and apprehending them. And with a lot of other cases, it's just treated differently and it's a lot slower. The process doesn't move efficiently enough um, to really get answers. And so I, I totally agree with this. Johnson's family had filed legal action to open a coroner's inquest into his death. And when the judge in that case delayed a decision pending the outcome of the U.S. Attorney's Review, the family demanded that the governor of Georgia immediately authorize the inquiry instead. And the family, together with the NAACP and other civil rights activists, held a rally at the Georgia State Capitol in Atlanta. The governor's office released a statement indicating that they would await the report of the U.S. attorney, which is really frustrating. And I could not imagine as a parent losing your child in such a horrific, strange, confusing way and trying to fight for justice to just get answers. They just want to know what happened. And it seems like the odds are against them. Kendrick Johnson's parents released a photo to the media of their son's face as he lay in the funeral home. The photo 
shows Kendrick Johnson's face very swollen and almost does not look human. The public was rightfully horrified by this photo and began to rally around the Johnsons in their fight to find the truth. On May 8, 2013, a judge granted granted Kendrick Johnson's body to be exhumed. The independent autopsy found that sometime after Kendrick's body was recovered from this mat and had went through the funeral home, it had been stuffed with newspapers or a paper-like substance. The funeral home that had processed the body following the FBI's autopsy had said that they never received Kendrick's internal organs from the coroner. The organs were have said to been, quote, destroyed through natural process. And this was according to the funeral home owner. And that left a void, which the funeral home filled. The funeral home owner stated that it is standard practice to fill a void in this fashion and that cotton or sawdust may have also been used for this purpose. Kendrick Johnson's family filed a complaint with a regulatory body against the funeral home operator. Stuffing a body with old newsprint and department store, you know, cutouts is like treating him like he's, quote, a garbage can, as Jacqueline Johnson put it. It isn't like very standard practice in forensic pathology or the mortician's trade. And Vernie Fountain, the founder of a Missouri embalming school, called it, quote, not consistent with the standards of care, unquote, in the industry. And I, I am not an expert on this. I don't know much about what happens at a funeral home to a body after death, but it does seem a little strange that they would use newspaper. Um, it does seem a little inhumane and, you know, but I don't know what is really standard practice, but what others are saying, it is not standard practice to use that type of material. So it does seem a little strange to me. And another investigation by the Georgia Secretary of State's office found that the funeral home did not follow best practice and that other material was more accessible acceptable than newspaper. Totally agree. Um, nonetheless, the investigation cleared the funeral home of any wrongdoing. And the Secretary of State said that the investigation found that the funeral home, quote, didn't violate any rules, end quote. The Johnson family then filed a civil lawsuit against the funeral home seeking monetary damages. Kendrick Johnson's family requested that his body be exhumed for a second time and was granted permission by Valdosta City officials. On June 22, 2018, Kendrick's body was exhumed again. Now, going back in November of 2013, 
290 hours of surveillance tape from 35 cameras that covered the gym area was released to CNN following a court request. And CNN found the tapes that tapes from two cameras are missing an hour and five minutes of footage, while another set was missing two hours and ten minutes of footage. Some of the apparent lapses in coverage were found to result from camera systems that were not synchronized with one another. Timestamps between some separate camera systems are differed by as much as 20 minutes for the same time period. And other missing footage was the result of the camera's motion-activated function not being triggered. Camera systems were motion activated using a change in light pixels to turn recordings on and off. The area where Kendrick Johnson's body was discovered, where the gym mats were stored, was outside the range of all of the surveillance cameras. Attorneys for the Johnson family expressed fear that the camera footage was edited as a part of a cover-up. However, analysis of the camera systems by the Valdosta Daily Times pretty much explained the anomalies, casting doubt on the theory of a cover-up. The president of the Valdosta Lowndes County Chapter of Southern Christian Leadership Conference and the former lead investigator for the chapter have both stated that they believe the attorneys for the Johnsons have, quote, not been entirely truthful in their statements, unquote, and that there was no cover up in this case. But I do think that's very strange that the camera stops recording, uh, especially in a school. Footage should be rolling 24-7 no matter what, um, motion activated or not. So that is very weird to me. I would want to know my kids are safe if there is an incident at school, even if it wasn't as extreme as, you know, something like Kendrick's death. If something happens at school or anywhere, I would want to know and be able to go back and look at it. So, I I don't know. I just think that it's not looking great. That is definitely for sure. Kendrick Johnson's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Lowndes County Board of Education, its superintendent, and the principal of Lowndes High School. And in this lawsuit, it states that Kendrick Johnson was violently assaulted, severely injured, suffered great physical pain and mental anguish, and was subjected to insult and loss of life on January 10th, 2013. And this lawsuit did not name the persons or persons allegedly involved in this January 10th event, nor identify the race of the alleged perpetrators, but implied a race, you know, sort of attack or assault. And the lawsuit also alleged that the defendants were neg negligent and violated Kendrick Johnson's constitutional right to equal protection based on race.
And it brought up some reports that Kendrick had been attacked and harassed by a white student. It stated that Kendrick Johnson was attacked on a bus trip 14 months prior to his death. And it further states that another student, Brian Bell, had a history of provoking Kendrick at school. And the lawsuit also alleges that the school officials failed to properly monitor the activities of students throughout all areas of the campus and to maintain a properly functioning video surveillance system. In August 2014, a $5 million lawsuit against Ebony Magazine was filed. After the magazine published quite a few articles naming two students as possible suspects in Kendrick's death. The magazine used pseudonyms, but was pretty accurate in descriptions of the boys, including the fact that their father was an FBI agent. And the article used as a source an anonymous email to the sheriff's office. In their lawsuit, the parents of the accused boys said that their sons were not involved in this death and are not considered suspects and have been harassed as a result of the publication. So back in January of 2015, the Johnson family filed a $100 million civil lawsuit in the Superior Court of DeKalb County against 38 people. Um, Some responses included three of Kendrick Johnson's classmates, two of the three were unnamed, And local, state, and federal officials, the school superintendent of Lowndes County, the Valdosta Lowndes Crime Lab, the police chief of Valdosta, many sheriff's deputies, the city of Valdosta, the state medical examiner, the GBI, and five of its agents, and one FBI agent as well. The lawsuit alleged that the FBI agent ordered his two sons and a classmate to attack Kendrick Johnson, and that his death was a murder. And the respondents engaged in a conspiracy to cover up the homicide as well. Jim Elliott, the Lowndes County attorney, stated that the allegations were unfounded and baseless and that any response would be made in court. All local Superior Court judges recused themselves from presiding over the case, preventing the lawsuit from being filed and heard in Lowndes County citing their close proximity to the accused. Shortly before the lawsuit was filed, U.S. Attorney Michael J. Moore said in a statement that a federal investigation was still open and that the investigation has proven more complicated and taken longer than originally anticipated. And after Moore resigned in 2015, the case was transferred to Northern District of Ohio under U.S. Attorney Stephen uh, Dettelbach. Shortly after receiving the case, Dettelbach also resigned. Despite these uh, resignations, the Department of Justice investigation continued. In November 2015, the Department of Justice filed a motion in um, the civil case to intervene and stay the case. The U.S. attorney said following evidence discovery in the civil suit to continue would have a chilling effect on the federal investigation, which expanded into investigating possible obstruction and grand jury witness tampering. After the Justice Department's motion was denied, 
um, Kendrick Johnson's parents dismissed their own wrongful death lawsuit, saying they hoped to refile it after the conclusion of the federal investigation. They were subsequently sued for more than $850,000 in attorney fees and $1 million in defamation damages. You know, I just feel so bad for Kendrick and his family and what they are going through because they just want answers. They want to know what happened to their son. And to me, it looks like there is some sort of corruption going on. And I don't know that it's maybe a full cover up, but something is off. And the way they conducted the investigation, not getting evidence um, and the way that Kendrick's body was what happened at the funeral home, his body being stuffed with newspaper, and then him having to be exhumed twice. It's just absolutely tragic, and it could have been handled completely differently. And like I said earlier in the episode, if he was a white boy, this would have been handled in less than a year, and they maybe could have even found the culprit if it was not an accident or if it was a homicide of some sort so it's just really disheartening and i'm sure his family is exhausted um but in 2018 like i mentioned a little earlier kendrick johnson's casket was unearthed for a second time for a third autopsy his mother posted on her facebook quote no mother or father should ever have to bury their child under these circumstances we have buried kj three times and it felt like three funerals and i lost him three times unquote and i that seriously makes me like choke up a little bit because you know i am not a parent but i cannot imagine having to go through so much pain and she's still fighting year after year after year to try to get him some sort of justice and i'm sure it feels like it might never happen but i am hopeful and i hope that one day something can happen because i know that the circumstances surrounding his death are very strange and um confusing and there needs to be some sort of answer for that And in June 2018, his body was exhumed and the next autopsy was performed. The findings of the second autopsy stated that his death was not accidental and caused by blunt force trauma, likely due to being struck in the neck or the head. Kendrick Johnson's parents hoped that with the results of this third autopsy, their surveillance footage, which they were convinced had been tampered with, and the mishandling of evidence at the scene would be enough to reopen their son's case. And on March 10th, 2021, the case was officially reopened. However, Lowndes County Sheriff's Ashley Polk stated that he would not be claiming there was something wrong with the original investigation or that the original investigation's conclusion of an accidental death was wrong. And I can see that to maybe an extent, but if they had gotten their own autopsy, their own private autopsy, and it's saying this was not an accident, he was struck in the head. Um, you know, even Kendrick Johnson's father said that when he viewed his son, his face was very, very swollen 
And it seemed like he had maybe been in a fight of some sort. So to me, you know, I understand maybe with the blood rushing to his head, it could be a little swollen, but not to an extreme extent. And um, if an autopsy technician is saying this was not an accident and literally the sheriff is saying, well, I'm going to go with what my guys are saying. That just seems even more corrupt. I mean, he's just trying to stick with their original story. This was an accident. This was Kendrick's fault, pretty much. He dove into a mat and got stuck and died. If he actually dove in that mat and got stuck, you would think that he would be screaming for help. And this was in the middle of school. So someone heard him. If he, if this, if their story, what they're saying is true. Someone had to have heard him yelling for help. There were kids all over the school, teachers all over the school, walking by the gym during this time. So that just even makes less sense to me that this was a complete accident. Now, the sheriff also stated that he does not consider the case to be a homicide. He further stated that the two brothers named in previous legal actions by the Johnsons are not suspects. According to Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk, he said, quote, if there's questions and they're legitimate, I need to know the answers myself. The only way I'm going to know is to look at the evidence myself, unquote. And him and his team were able to secure a wealth of evidence from federal authorities. And this also was um, done by the Johnson family helping them back in 2020. Now, the sheriffs have enough evidence in hand to perhaps allow them to solve this mystery once and for all, they thought. And Polk said the investigation may take up to six months, and they were really optimistic about finding justice and getting down to what really happened. But in January of this year, the second investigation was closed with no charges filed. Kendrick Johnson's family, however, has repeatedly said they believe that Kendrick Johnson was murdered. They reiterated that also after these um, sheriff's reports were released. And his mother, uh, his father said, quote, I will fight as long as I have to uncover what exactly happened to Kendrick Johnson. And he also was wearing a t-shirt that read, Kendrick Johnson didn't roll himself up into a mat. And Kenneth Johnson, his father, also said at a news conference that he believes his son's death is being covered up. And like I said, there is parent intuition. And if you feel something is wrong, you need to act upon it. They have fought for him and they are amazing parents to have gone through all of this hurt, having to bury their son multiple times, and they are still fighting. This year are still fighting and they just want Kendrick to rest. They, you know, he had a whole life ahead of him. He wanted to become an athlete, star, and I'm sure he had big dreams and they were cut short and I don't believe that Kendrick Johnson cut them short on his own. I just feel so bad for this family and 
it is very I don't know the word it's just it's like what do you think you know it I don't think it was necessarily an accident in my opinion I believe someone did something to him and I don't know if they did it on purpose or what really happened as a result but it looks like his body was hid in these mats um which is so disgusting I it is a really chilling case because I've, I've never heard of something like this happening and for it to just happen like at school like I wonder if maybe something happened at night and someone had access to the school and was able to do this overnight because they couldn't have done this during the day when there's teachers and students there it's just it is mind-blowing and I definitely think that these surveillance cameras showed something they had to have shown something that was magically deleted and that is so sad Kendrick Johnson deserves justice and his parents are working hard even till this day um, I just hope that we can come together and maybe figure out what happened to Kendrick Johnson. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I will post pictures of Kendrick and his parents and, you know, him in his little basketball uniform because he was a handsome young man. And it's just so sad and tragic what happened to him. So you can go ahead and look at pictures of him on my Instagram, Strictly Crime, if you want to go over there and follow. Um, I will also put in the description, um, I'm going to look up maybe how we can support his parents um, and their social medias and things like that. And if you want to support my podcast, you can click the link below and you can always donate. That's just a suggestion. You can also rate and review my podcast which really really helps it helps bring engagement i thank you guys so much for listening to and about the life of kendrick johnson and hopefully one day we can get justice for him thank you guys so much for listening see ya